The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Victory number 98 on the season for the Royals. Sure was impressive and obviously very important as KC nods the 2014 World Series up at a game apiece after a loud 7-2 response over the Giants. As I'm Davo welcoming you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Your dish, and obviously I call this one a loud response because you heard some whispers from mainly the national media, the talking heads, the know-it-alls, and, you know, about how, oh, the Royals might not be able to match up with the experienced Giants, the raw and youthful Royals. They might melt down on the national stage. And on top of that, I think that all of us wanted to see how the Royals would respond to their first postseason loss, let alone a shellacking last night. And deep down, I think that most of us knew Casey would come out and play well tonight and most likely win this game. We told you that last night here on Clubhouse Conversation. I predicted the win. A number of other things that needed to happen did happen tonight. But that doesn't mean we can be 100% sure that the Royals would respond as they did. But respond they did in a big way tonight. I think by this point, you know, we can go back maybe two months and say, well, there were still questions about how they would respond, you know, especially with, you know, series against the Tigers and coming out of the All-Star break against the Red Sox in key games and, you know, even a tough home stretch with the Red Sox. But, I mean, I think that the page has been turned on those kind of what will happen. Will they melt down? I think that's kind of gone now. Actually, I don't think it's gone. I know it's gone because I watch the game just like you do. And, I mean, KC comes out, just doesn't get rattled, and they do the job again tonight. Is near perfection, really, from the Royals in most areas of their game. Pitching, A-level game tonight, for sure. A-level offense tonight for the Royals. A-level defense as far as base running goes, kind of an incomplete. I mean, I guess if you want to be technical, they didn't have a great night running the bases, but really didn't do anything wrong. They were 0 for 1, you know, stealing in that first inning. It was a tough jump for Escobar, who got thrown out by Buster Posey at second base, and a nice little short hop throw that was dug out there by Panic. But, I mean, otherwise, I mean, that's the only thing you can say that the Royals weren't the Royals tonight. You know, we saw great pitching. We saw great defense. We saw timely hitting. When the Royals win, they hit with runners in scoring position. They did that in a big way tonight, did the Royals. With runners in scoring position, five out of nine was KC tonight. San Francisco just one for eight. Royals five for nine. Risp tonight. Love that stat. But let's start with the pitching. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here because it all starts, as always, pitching and defense with this Royals team. Ventura did exactly what we said last night he needed to. We said two runs in about six innings. Didn't quite make it six, but five and a third, two runs on eight hits. Only struck out two, but most impressively, no walk. So that's something I've been thinking about lately and paying attention to. It surprises me that Ventura doesn't strike out more guys. And I think he will with time. I think as his secondary pitches become more consistent, like they mainly were tonight. We'll talk about that here in a second. Secondary pitches were the difference tonight for Ventura. But, I mean, the fastball, obviously, well above average. But the other pitches aren't necessarily thrown for strikes very often, or at least not in a consistent enough basis. There's some always two or three filthy breaking pitches you see a night and some good changes. But, you know, for the most part, Ventura will struggle sometimes repeating his delivery or release point on those pitches, whatever it may be. I'm not a pitching coach. I'm not Dave Island here. But it's clear he doesn't always repeat those pitches. But did a pretty good job of that tonight as secondary pitches. So I think in the future we'll see a lot more strikeouts out of Ventura. But the key tonight was no walks. And as far as secondary pitches go, we saw him tonight throwing him in any count. Several 3-2 counts we saw it. 
he kind of pitched backwards a lot of the time. There was an at bat with Morris five, I believe it was five or six secondary pitches in a row. He went at full at bats tonight without throwing fastballs. And that to me was impressive because we know where the fastball's at. And and some teams that have had success against them this year, well, it's because they eliminate everything else and just sit dead red. And believe it or not, if a guy throws ninety eight, if it's straight and that's all you're looking for, you can still you can still square it up. So a nice job. Command was much better tonight for Ventura. And nice to see him rebound as well from the shoulder issue he had in Baltimore, now down to his last start of the year, most likely in Game 6, and hopefully a game that the Royals can clinch the World Series, hopefully in Game 6. More on that later. Now, Ventura never a 1-2-3 inning. In fact, the Royals only had one 1-2-3 inning tonight. That was Wade Davis in the 8th. But give the Giants some credit for good at-bats tonight, too. That lineup is, you hear that the Giants are just like the Royals and don't score a lot of runs, but that lineup's better than... It, 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 it seems better, at least. We don't, we've don't. we only seen the Giants play about what? I mean, I probably watched them eight to ten games this year. Five games against the Royals. Probably saw maybe three other full games. It seems to me, in the limited time I've seen them, it's a pretty solid lineup. I mean, maybe not quite as good when you lose the bat of Morris in the National League in the park over there. No DH. Maybe it's a little more impressive because they're having an extra bat. I don't know. But anyway... I give them some credit tonight, but Ventura was overall very good. Now, Calvin Herrera had the most important job of the night, keeping the game in a 2-2 tie in the top of the six, especially as Ventura departs with runners on first and second, just one out. Herrera comes in as he's been all year. I, again, I continue to call him the unsung hero. I spoke to Luke Hochaver a couple weeks ago and said the same thing to him, and he's like, you know, you're right. It's it, he, you know, He's like, but it's kind of ridiculous that a guy with a one and a half ERA with that kind of stuff is an unsung hero and underrated, but it's true though. Herrera is a closer on 25 out of 30 teams, if not more in the major leagues with the Royals. He's a seventh inning guy and a guy that's largely overlooked. Finally, he's starting to get his due. I think now that we're playing on national TV every day and the analysts and the national media has to pay attention to the Royals. They have to cover the Royals. So now he's finally starting to get some dues paid to him, but He was fantastic. He gets Brandon Belt, first and second one out. Brandon Belt there in the sixth, flies out to Alex Gordon and left. Michael Morse on a great play by Escobar. Looked like a routine ground ball on the fourth side at second. Uh, A tough hop, though. Escobar stays with it. (laughs) Great play. About six people saw it. I imagine you probably did if you're sitting here listening to this. You're an astute baseball fan. Nice play by Esky there, and that allowed KC to completely take the game over then. In the bottom of the six. More on that later. But then Herrera comes out. It was a good 35 minutes off between three pitching changes and the Royals putting up a big crooked number of five in the bottom of the six. But he came out of a, a self-inflicted couple walks there in the seventh, was able to get out of it with no harm, and that was it from that point on. Wade Davis, one, two, three with two Ks. It's not even fair anymore. It's a video game. Greg Holland strikes out the side with a soft single mixed in. Outstanding pitching by the Royals tonight. Bravo. Defensively, bravo as well. Maybe not the, you know, none of those Lorenzo Kane highlight reel diving plays. Maybe not too many Alex Gordon crashing into the chain link fence. Maybe not Mike Mustakas going into the dugout suite head first. But, you know, and there was a couple of rough plays by Nori in right field, although one of the bad throws turned out to be a good play, thanks to Omar Infante. <laughs> More on that here in a second. But, I mean, overall, the Escobar play we just mentioned, and yeah, let's talk about the Infante play in the top of the fourth. He saved an errant throw from Ventura, tagged out Brandon Belt, came from behind him, bailed the Royals out of that fourth. Who knows what happens if he doesn't? Eric Hosmer, a nice diving play and a three unassisted. Defense was good tonight. Omar Infante, kind of a, a, a difficult play over the shoulder. Middle innings made that play. 
And offensively, the doctor ordered this. Royals get down, first of all, so let's go back a second. We, big picture, we talked about how would they respond being down one nothing in the World Series. Now, most of us, and myself included, believed they would come back and win tonight. But you don't know for sure. You, know, you don't know for sure. And they came back in a big way, big picture-wise, winning the game. But even small picture-wise, leadoff hitter, Gregor freaking Blanco, who we had here in 2010 and couldn't get out of town soon enough. Fouls off pitch after pitch, full count. No doubter into the right field bullpen. Home run. You think, oh, no, not again. Not last night all over. But it never felt like that because Ventura comes back, gets the next three guys out, and then the Royals respond. They responded overall in the big picture, but I thought it was so important in that bottom of the first to respond. Even with Alcides Escobar trying to steal with one out, thrown out, a two-out rally. Lorenzo Cain, double because he's the man. Eric Cosmer, nice at bat, unselfish at bat, walks after a full count. Billy Butler, who's hitting over 400, I believe 433 coming against PV, of course gets a base hit, ties the game at one. Alex Gordon unable to respond with the first pitch pop out, but the Royals come back and tie the game there. That's a huge response. And then they responded in the sixth, too. They respond in the first, and they respond in the sixth. They get a lead temporarily. You know, San Fran comes back 2-2, and as we talked about a second ago, Herrera gets him out of trouble in the sixth. Bam, five runs. Kane leadoff single. Hosmer walk again. That gets Jake Peavy out of the game, and then the Royals have some fun. Billy Butler, another huge hit, which resulted in him getting a curtain call. I loved it. I love Billy, man. It was almost like he was just waiting for the curtain call because, I mean, it wasn't like an overwhelming. They were chanting his name, and he made sure to come out right away. It's like he's always been waiting for that. I loved it. It made me laugh. I love that guy. You know, he's had a disappointing majority of the season, and he'll tell you the same thing. But his bat has woken up. I mean, he carried the Royals largely in August. Noria Oki carried them largely in September, but Billy got it going for that stretch when the Royals made their move in the division and you know, up to the wild card and and then looked kind of like he was out of it again in September. But it's turned out I mean he's been playing well. It looks like the old Billy Butler. He's he's hitting a whole bunch of track shots. He's had a good five track shots in the last three weeks that are gone in years past or perhaps other ballparks. So the home runs still aren't there for Billy. Maybe he's lost a hair of power, a hair of bat speed, but overall he looks like about the old Billy Butler right now. And it's nice to see him really soaking Kansas City up again. It feels like the All-Star game again, doesn't it? The home run derby when when Robinson Cano kind of gave him a raw deal and he fell in love with Kansas City. It's like he's falling in love all over again. I go back to that last game against Detroit at home on Sunday afternoon when we weren't sure if we'd come back home again before that last road trip to Cleveland and Chicago. And I remember just him I remember distinctly sitting there. 132, row M, looking at him when he came out of the game and just seeing him look around the park. It was almost like he was thinking, man, is this really over? I don't want this to be over. It's setting in now. This is going to be my last game with the Royals. i got that big $12 million option. They're not going to pick it up. Maybe they'll want to renew a deal for lower. Maybe they won't. It, it was almost like he was sad. I, I'm just telling you body language. I watched him. I remember that distinctly in the middle of a different inning, kind of watching him for a few pitches and just kind of reading him that. And it's like – and I think – I feel like he's grown up a lot this postseason. I feel like he's really embraced his teammates. He, he loves the city. He's fallen in love with the city again, and it's, it's kind of the same deal. A lot of the fans who are clamoring for him to be benched or released have come back around on him. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a cute story. And, yes, I said cute. I have two cats also, so make, make fun of me if you want. Billy Butler, nice game tonight. Anyway, back on track. Gordon flies out in that big sixth inning. Salvi doubles. Boom. Omar Infante. Two-run shot, ball game. Nice night for Infante. Two RBIs for him, Butler and Perez, and two hits for 
Butler and Fonte Kane and Escobar. But speaking of Escobar, let's give him some due. Hitting 375 in the postseason, getting on base, making plays. How big is Alcides Escobar? I mean, he was good off with the bat two years ago and pretty dreadful. Not dreadful, that's a strong word. Disappointing last year. This year, Escobar quietly, talk about an unsung hero. I think pitching-wise, it's definitely Herrera as far as bullpen goes. But in this lineup, in every day, played 162 games, produced pretty much the whole season steadily. There was maybe a couple weeks where he was kind of not doing great defensively. I remember he kind of his brain maybe wasn't in it after the All-Star break. There was maybe once or twice where I was upset with Escobar the whole season. I mean, the guy has been nails all year. Give him, I mean, who would have thought when we got him, his bat would be what it is right now? Professional hitter, good at bats. Had one bat at bats tonight, and he knew it. He, and he makes adjustments. Another guy who's growing up a lot this year is Lorenzo Cain, obviously. Pitch recognition is fantastic. Same with Moose. It's exciting. I mean, this team needs to walk more, no doubt. Got, there's still some glaring holes with plate disciplines. <clears throat> Salvador Perez. I love you, though. But, I mean, you look at guys like Kane getting much better, Escobar getting much better, Moose much better all year. I, I've been saying that all year. Even when he was struggling and needed to go to Omaha two weeks before he did, even when that was going on, he was still having better at bats. He had a plan up there. Was sh- you know kind of sorting through pitches, waiting for a pitch to drive. M- misses pitch sometimes. The stride was too long for a while on the front foot. But overall, I'm just really happy right now. I guess it's a great win for the Royals. They did what they had to do. They had to split these first two. We said that coming in. Two and oh, great. But realistically, you weren't going to start the postseason ten and oh. Any diehard baseball fan knows that. You split. That's what you had to do. So San Fran still has the home field advantage, obviously, because the Royals have to win one game in San Fran to get it back to the K, and I believe that will happen. To do that, you got to split one of the next two, though. You want that Madison Bumgarner versus James Shields game on Sunday? You want that to be not a must-win game, obviously. That that needs to be a game that it's winnable, no doubt. They could win that game. No doubt Shields could turn things around. No doubt they could get a couple hits off of Bumgarner, a home run or two, a couple stolen bases. There's, I mean, the Royals can probably scratch two or three runs against Bumgarner. If Shields is good, they could easily win that game. Who knows? Giants might make errors. Shields might throw a shutout. So it's a, it's a winnable game. It's a 40-60 game. Give the Royals a 40% chance of that Bumgarner game. But you got to split the next two. That's the bottom line. You got to be 2 2 going into that game. If you're 2 2 going into Sunday, you're in good shape. You, know, you want that game on Sunday. Even if you lose it, though, you've, you're done with Baumgartner at that point. He's out of the way, outside of maybe a potential inning or two of relief in game seven. He's out of the way, though. You come home just having to win two games. So, worst case, you win one. It's not optimal. You want to win two. And the team that wins two probably will win the World Series, obviously. But I'm just saying, if the Royals get one before Sunday, they have a pretty decent chance. Because even if you lose to Bumgarner, you come home needing just two wins in a row, and it's you know, it's not like that's that hard to do with the home crowd in Kansas City. Big time home field advantage for six and seven. So oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just take it one game at a time. We got to win at least one. Jeremy Guthrie and Tim Hudson on Friday. Guthrie just his second postseason appearance, and we'll talk about Hudson in a second. It surprised me he's never pitched in the World Series. I mean, I not I don't follow National League baseball that close, but between the the A's days and some of the times with the Braves, I would have thought. Without looking, if you would have asked me, I would have thought he'd pitched in a couple World Series, but no. But Jeremy Guthrie comes off one run in five innings against the O's. Take it, it's a small sample size, lifetime against the Giants, 14 and two-thirds. He's 0-1 with a 6-1-4. But keep in mind, the majority of that came when he was with the Colorado Rockies in that rough, rough, rough season, 2012, when he came over here midseason. 
And nobody's seen them more than eight times in the current Giants lineup. So it's, I mean, it's kind of a small sample size, and only one guy's seen them more than six times. So Michael Morris, eight at bats, hitting 375 against Guthrie. But after that, Brandon Crawford's impressive, four for four with a home run, but that was either in one or two outings. Could have been an awful outing. Four for four against Guthrie with a home run is Crawford. Besides that, Pablo Sandoval, three for six. And that's about it. Nobody else more than two at-bats. So, again, only three guys have seen them more than two at-bats. Eight at-bats for Morris at 375. Six for Sandoval at 500. And Brandon Crawford, four at-bats with a home run and hitting 1,000. Like I said, Hudson never pitched in a World Series. His debut comes up on Friday against Jeremy Guthrie. Give up four runs and six and a third against the Cardinals. So, we'll take that, won't we? The Royals get four runs in six innings? Yes, please. Give me that, and I give you a win, because I think I think Guthrie will be good. And, and as you and I know, the Royals play well in National League parks. They're they're built like a National League team. So if these team, if these two teams are kind of even and kind of the twin teams of, the, of each other for their respective leagues, I like the Royals even more in the National League. If the Royals are able to win more games in the regular season by one, albeit, but did, they're hotter right now technically than the Giants. If they're able to do those two things and you're letting them play now in more of a National League-style game, which they're built for more so than AL, I like the Royals' odds. I, I like the I like somebody like Guthrie and Vargas. I like them being able to have and, and Shields a bailout out twice a game with the pitcher, a guy you can pitch around on the eight hole. I just like it. And not that the Giants are, are waiting for a home run either. They were seventeenth in baseball compared to thirtieth for the Royals. But you just feel like the, the the Giants. You feel like the Royals need the DH less than the Giants do. I don't know. Does that make sense? Maybe not. Anyway, we're excited about this. As far as Hudson goes, the Royals saw him back in August, but not too much. I mean, the only real sample size, Omar Infante, two for 10. Eski, three for six. Aoki, one for five. Otherwise, nothing really even worth mentioning. So it'll be interesting. I don't really know what to say on Friday. I'll just say that, I'll just say that I would be shocked if we don't see game six in Kansas City. I don't see either team sweeping these next three games. I just, want, I just want to see the Royals win Friday. It takes so much pressure off of you. You get that win on Friday, you're ahead 2-1, to one, you know you're coming back home, and you're kind of at that point saying, okay, there's two games left, let's split them. We'll see what happens. You know, you win the game Friday, there's no pressure. You lose Friday, you have to win again on Saturday because you don't want to be facing Madison Bumgarner in an elimination game. But let's get, get the win Friday. I, I do like the Royals' odds. I believe Jeremy Guthrie will pitch well, been very good his last five starts. So I expect good things for the Royals, and we'll have it for you again here Friday night on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, enjoy this one. A nice game tonight for the Royals, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night.